Will you see him again? I don't know. You probably won't see him again. Well, maybe I'll see him again. Listen, he's a famous actor and you're a little rat nobody. Oh, that's so harsh, but it's true. But you know what? What's done, it's done. Like, you can't take it back. I'm forever a stain on sexual history. <laughs> Gosh, watch out Royal Shakespeare Academy because we are coming for you. They have coming at your neck. 48 hours to respond because Nana and I, that dialogue, we crushed it in case anyone wanted to know. This is like basically failed drama club kids. <laughs> Our one opportunity is this cold open. I know. And we keep exercising it, hoping that people will like, you know, maybe this will be a break of some sort. No, we don't need it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, hi, okay. Rom Squad. Well, <laughs> hello, Rom Squad. You have been missed. Yeah. You are our community and we love you dearly. Yeah. I just yeah. thought, I never said that before, Ed. In the spirit wow. of vulnerability, like this episode has really? taught us hmm. you need hmm. to tell people your feelings so i love you rob squad Aww. well now i look weird if i don't say that i mean i seem to i like you guys quite a bit i'm not sure about love yet i feel like if you email us like you know more ideas and you know interact with us on instagram i guess this is conditional love on my side yes it's, it's a you. conditional love. <laughs> it's not i'm not <laughs> it's completely conditional but that's where i am but you know not as nicer than i am so. yeah and remember that i love you rob squad isan feels things but i know that thing is love um, <laughs> you... <laughs> but uh yeah so we've been giving you a lot of hints hopefully you've watched but if you haven't um we are going to be talking about starstruck today which is i will say pretty much like my favorite rom-com of i might say the 21st century that might be a big claim but i loved it so it's a big claim but i don't think i can dispute it i actually don't think so yeah because it's like it yeah. really really is <laughs> it's yeah. so good it's so good guys oh my god Ugh. i love it so much uh but before we get into that, a little housekeeping for those of you who haven't been listening. Misan, do you want to just explain what the podcast is, who we are, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. So I am Misan here again with my buddy, Nana. Nana. Um, and <laughs> I was like, wait, does that have any? It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll answer for her. Um, and, and I have no problem. Everybody knows I don't have any problem talking. Uh, so I, we are both two badass lady lawyers. I said that just for you, Nana, who Thank you. are, you're welcome, who have been friends since college, which is a long time now. I'm not going to say how long it is. Um, 17 and, years. See, the, I, okay. <laughs> 17 years. Yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday, I did the math, and I was like, damn, that's like a whole, like, that's a Gen Zer. That's a TikToker. It's a whole years. teenager. A whole teen. Can you believe we've been friends for a whole teenager? Like, I that know. person is it's definitely crazy. a TikToker. They yes. probably have a, they definitely have a Finsta. Uh, they probably have a Stan account on Twitter. 
Um, and they're not on Facebook. <laughs> you know all. young people so well. I was very impressed by that list you Thank enumerated you. right there. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really, you know, I do my best to keep up with the youths. Um, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so we're two badass lady lawyers who've been friends for a long time, 17 years. Um, and we both discovered, you know, in more recent years of our friendship, how we are both super obsessed with romance novels and just the concept of romance in general, rom-coms, like romance TV shows, whatever, whatever you want to call it, as long as it's associated with romance. Nana and I have a both an obsession and a desire to talk about it incessantly. Um, and we think that it's a genre that doesn't get as much attention as it should in terms of like really recognizing its intellectual depth um, and how it's fun to sort of dissect and discuss uh, in uh, fun and cool ways. And that's why we're doing it with you guys. And also, you know, the pandemic has not ended, unfortunately. And we've been looking to find pockets of pleasure and joy wherever we can. And we really do that by discussing these like pieces of content with you. Yes. And Misan neglected to mention that we're first generation Americans of African descent and we have an African do attitude. I'm going to say that forever now that I thought of it. I I just it's so corny. And, well, and, and African and as my mom was said because my mom was always like, "Where's your ingenuity?" Like she was always complaining about it. like, "Where's your industriousness?" And this is it. We have that African do attitude. Oh my god! Not an African do. Af- I'm sorry, African do. Yeah. Attitude. All right. Yeah, we do. We do though. We do. It's true. It's true. Uh, also, I wanted to announce. Not and I wanted to announce that we are going to have our website uh, published in conjunction with the release of this episode. Woo, Speaking woo, woo, woo. of African thank do you, cousin attitudes. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Bisan's cousin George, baby George. I can't call him that, so I will. <laughs> I don't know him like that. Yeah, I, don't I don't know him like that. But <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this episode and be like, "Wow, me." Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> after all I've done for you, <laughs> but we definitely appreciate him, and he'll be getting credited on the website for because he's done the website yes. and he's he did our beautiful cover art, and so we're forever grateful yeah. for, to cousin George. Yes, thank you, cousin George. Woo, woo, woo. woo. Okay, all right. Uh, should we talk about our first sight with Star Trek, Nana? So, at first sight, let me remember the gloriousness of which I, with which I was introduced to Starstruck. Um, I believe it was a summer <laughs> evening, balmy, <laughs> and with a hint of lilac perfume in the air. <laughs> Lilac. Uh, <laughs> me, me son. Yeah. I was sitting in a warm bath and I received a message from my friend Misan. Um, <laughs> oh my god, my stomach hurts. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. She, I, I did send her a message that I, all of this sounds accurate so far. <laughs> yes. So I got a message from Misan. Basically being like, oh, this show, I, I think it might have come out in the UK at this point because I think it came out on BBC Three, but mm-hmm. it's because it's a, it's a British show. But she basically sent me this mess, uh, like article from IndieWire being like, 
talking about the show that was kind of described as the second coming of Notting Hill. Mm. So I was like, okay, it's millennial. It's, it has like the r- romance. I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out. Moved on with my life, completely forgot about it. And then one weekend, Misan's like, I basically binged all of Starstruck and um, it's really good. And I was like, okay, let me check it out. And I started watching it. And two and a half hours later, I finished it because I could (laughs) not stop. It's like, one, it's just really good. But two, it's like the perfect length. Like each episode is about 22 minutes. They're only six. And so you Mm -hmm. can essentially sit down and watch it like a movie. And so it like plays out with like almost as like as a very fleshed out rom-com movie. Um, Yeah. So I watched it. I loved it. I loved Rose Matafeo, who's the lead. Uh, Nikesh Patel, who's the male lead, who is so cute. And I, like, after falling in love with them in the show, I decided, what the hell? Let me just, like, rewatch my favorite parts again, which I often do, which basically meant that I was going to rewatch the series. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you. I I think that's all correct, as from I can recall a few months ago. Uh, Yeah, so I I think I remember seeing, I talked about this... um, black British, um, Nigerian British author before, Bolu Babalola. I follow her on Twitter and she considers herself like a rom-com seer, rom-com commissaire basically. And she was talking about Starstruck on her Twitter timeline in like April. And I was like, what is this show? Like, I'm ready to watch it. And then I looked it up in the US and I saw it wasn't coming out until June on HBO Max. And I was very upset, but wanted to wait very patiently for it. So I sent Nana the article and then watched it the, the weekend it came out. And just was in love. Like Nana says, it's six episodes, just 22 minutes, 20 to 20, 22 to 24 minutes. And it just was perfect. It, I really do think, and I that Nana and I already says, but we'll probably say this a lot this episode, that it's probably the best, like next to Lovesick, it's probably my favorite rom-com of the 21st century. Like in terms of like, yeah. of like, of this like new era of rom-coms. It's just because it feels very much, it's like a show that's not, just like an update of something that happened in the 80s or in the 90s or the early 2000s. It just is something that feels like it captures millennial dating uh, in a very interesting way. And just like how, yeah. you know, relationships start and people like fall in love and engage with each other. And I just loved every bit of it. Like Nikesh Patel, uh, who plays, you know, uh, the male lead is so, so cute and charming. Um, and just like the perfect, perfectly cast and Rose Matafeo. Love. I, I feel like I would be friends with her, or rather, I would love yes. to be friends with her. <laughs> like the character just to. feels like someone that we could be friends with, and it seems to capture that like late twenties, like you know, mid to late twenties, like early thirties sort of like experience in a city of dating and how it all plays out. Oh my god, it was great. Loved it. Loved it. Want to watch it again. Watch it again. Just preparation for this episode. We'll probably watch it again soon because it is honestly perfect television. Yeah. All right. Now we can take it to plot structure. How are we going to do about Like, we're going to do it a little bit differently, right, Nana, this time? Just because it's a sort of different We're going to do it a little differently, mostly because, like, I usually just kind of go through plots and, um, but... With And with TV series, I don't spend a lot of time on each episode. But because this yeah. is, like, again, digestible, it's six episodes. And also because I think the structure is, like, sort of integral to the storytelling i'm gonna do it a little differently and go through each ep- try my best to do like a succinct plot recap for each episode okay okay let's do it and so, i'm gonna try with me, me time to time so just be prepared yes 
Yeah, because I'm also losing my voice. This is going to be a little challenging, but we're all going to do this together. Uh, okay. Yeah. So basically, the, the structure is that we're seeing the development of a relationship be between these two people over the course of a year. The first episode okay. starts on New Year's Eve, and then the last episode starts, like, around Christmas time. Or the, the last episode, like, ends the series around Christmas time. And so yeah. each episode in between is a different season. Uh, episode two is spring Episode three, summer. Episode four is autumn. Episode five is winter. Okay? And we're bookended by New Year's Eve and Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we start off episode one. We meet our uh, female protagonist, Jessie, who has like a springy, curly, wonderful hair. So you can tell she's fun and you want to hang out with her, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so her hair is amazing. That's the first I'm thing in you awe notice. of her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Jessie is like an every woman, like an... I'll, I'll talk about this a little more in the episode. I appreciate that she really looks like she doesn't look like a movie star. She looks like a regular ass chick. And um, and that's also just kind of important to the story. But it's, you know, Hollywood always kind of does that. Like, oh, we're just going to put glasses on you or you're going to trip and have messy hair. And all of a sudden you're normal. No, yeah. she looks like we can be friends with her. Yeah. And so she and her best friend are like standing in front of a club New Year's Eve. She's wearing like one of those sparkly dresses that we all dig up on New Year's Eve to wear. <laughs> the, yes, and we've she, all and been there. the conversation, <laughs> yes, the conversation is basically like her friend being like, "Come on, let's go inside." Her being like, "No, this is lame. I don't want to do it." And this part, like immediately, this is like what like pulled me into the story and felt relatable, which is that I know this feeling. It's New Year's Eve. You're like, you're hauling ass, it's cold outside, and you know inevitably the night will be disappointing because there's always that sort of underwhelming effect of New Year's Eve. So Jessie, a woman after her own heart, already knows this. And she, but finally her friend, Kate, kind of like convinces her to go in at this like club, at this party. Her friend Kate is talking to this guy who's like basically a finance tool who's telling her that Bitcoin is the future. Again, (laughs) who hasn't found ourselves in in this situation? (laughs) Um, And so it's, clear that her friend um the guy's interested in her friend so she's kind of bored and just kind of milling about super wasted goes to the bathroom standing in the fe- uh women's line but of course like it's long so she's like fuck it i'm gonna go to the man's bathroom she's yeah. like being silly talking to herself and then she's like at the sink and then all of a sudden this guy comes out and is kind of playfully bantering with her about like the silly things she was saying while she thought nobody was listening and so they have a little banter he's cute you can tell there's a little interest there but she's being very sort of like defiant and kind of being like ah you're stupid that uh, you can tell she's still kind of interested <laughs> like she's in a mood um, still about new year's eve and not like she's in a mood so, yeah. yes but you know she's interested. Why? Because, and again, girls, we have been there. The night is progressing. No man is talking to her. She's feeling glum. And then she keeps looking over to that guy that she had, like, kind of the fun little yeah. banter fest with. Right. Right. <laughs> so she's looking over. He's, like, in a VIP section with hot girls. She's sad. I've been there, too. This, this is our, like, literally every second of this episode. <laughs> it's like, get out of my head and get out of my life, Rose Matafeo. Oh, my God. Um, How dare you put my experiences on television for people to use for entertainment <laughs> fodder? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, so she um, is chilling. She goes to get a drink. The guy comes up to the bar. There's more banter back and forth. Bear, like I'll just I I can't even tell you all the times they banter, but that's a big part of the show. They have yeah. a very cute vibe. Yeah, she's essentially like they. I'm not gonna kiss you. He's like, okay, I didn't expect it. The the clock strikes midnight. 
do they kiss? Yes, because they're in a cab making out <laughs> with each two. other. They go, but yeah. So cut to they're making out. They go back to his place. They hook up. Next morning, she wakes up. She looks around. Like she's snooping and she sees some movie posters and realizes that he's like a famous actor. She's Tom freaking Kapoor. out. Tom Kapoor. Tom Kapoor. Yeah. Tom Kapoor is like, it's not really clear because we don't really have this kind of celebrity. It's not clear what like level. He might be like yeah. a Hemsworth brother, maybe. Yeah, I feel like he's and, like a I feel know. like he's like a Chris Hemsworth. I think he's like Chris Hemsworth or Chris Oh, Adams. you think so? Level. Okay. That's what I think. I mean, but we'll get into that a bit more like later, like sort of the level yeah. of celebrity. Because so with the luxury brand endorsements, like that's sort of the feel I That's want. true. Yeah. Yeah. So he's either like a Hemsworth brother, a Chris, like in that, you know, one of the Chris. Yeah, that like level so he's of like, fame. Yeah. Uh, so she's freaking out because she had been too drunk to notice. She and him have more lovely banter around it. They like tease each other about not coming when they had sex, but then they have sex again. I'm sure they came. I'm sure they both came. Finished whatever you want to call it. I'm sure they both. Came. <laughs> she's like having a grand old time and like runs out. And sorry, I'll I'll, sp- I'll like speed it up. She, she, you know, she's excited. She goes back to her apartment, tells her friend. They're, like, gleeful. Um, she thinks she's probably never going to see him again. But then, like, when she's at her job, she, and we see her go to, to a couple jobs. The first being, like, she's a really terrible nanny. But she yeah. has, like, kind of a good vibe with the, the this disgruntled mother. And then she also works at a movie theater. She's walking home from the movie theater. Oh, who's there? Tom Kapoor. Why? Because allegedly, in you know, air quotes, she left her charger at his place. Oh, Tom, you're so sweet. Spoiler alert, it's not her charger. It's not her charger. <laughs> he, he happened to remember where she said that she worked, that she happened to work at like a movie theater near like some like overpass. And he, and he went to a bunch just of them and found this one. He went to a bunch of them just so she could get this girl back her charger. Ugh. Adorable. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. they have more cute banter, are walking home together. Then, like, it, they end up, like, she goes back to his place. Wait, they hook I have up. To inter- I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt okay. because this dialogue was so great to me. So they end up walking back to, she ends up walking him to his place, which, okay, sure, walk him to his place. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, she has her period. So she, like, lets him know before they, like, walk in. She's like, hey, by the way, yes. like, I'm on my period, so I don't, like, I would love to come in, but I don't know that, you know, anything's going to happen. And he's like, I'm an adult man. <laughs> I kid you not, guys. Like, I swooned. <laughs> I <laughs> definitely, like, I swooned. Oh, my God. Listen, listen, I, oh, my God, it was amazing. It was, I, like, that was when I was like, oh, okay, I can work with you, Tom. Before. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. Yes. So they had a lot of cute banter around that. She spends the night and he's like very kind of, you could tell he's so like into her at this point. And he's like, I want to know more about you. And then like, you know, they kind of have fun banter around that. I I might get to it later, but I don't have time to do all the adorable banter. So she's like (laughs) going through his drawer. She sees like pictures of a woman. And then I think she like kind of puts together that he has a girlfriend or so she thinks. She like kind of leaves in a rush. The paparazzi outside the house ready to call her a home wrecker until they see her looking like a normal ass woman and assume that she is the cleaner, the house cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries calling her because he's like, where is this chick? I really like her. But she doesn't answer. And I guess that's how we end the episode. They're like their relationship is over quote unquote or is mm-hmm. it and so this i i like spent more time in the first episode because i'm long-winded but also because i think it's very illustrative of like the way the show's gonna go in the yeah. beginning of every episode 
like the structure of every episode is basically like they we see them like sort of on their own trajectories of life you know and then um they come together for some reason usually because tom comes up with some like really feeble pretext to see her and i think they're gonna get together but by the end of the episode like something just doesn't work out usually one of them is insecure doesn't think that the thing is going to work and kind of pieces before like they can really have a chance to see if it works so now we're gonna get fast episode two spring she's hooking up with other guys he's wallowing about his career he's you know she's gonna meet up with like one of the guys on her what do you call it hotation (laughs) yeah her roster her roster roster. her roster her roster fed so she pulls it out she's like at a pub talking to this guy he has a girlfriend so she's like i'm gonna peace and she's waiting trying to get an uber tom sees her from the window of course in tom fashion he goes and tries to talk to her he's like what happened like things were vibing she doesn't want to talk to him or so we think but they end up doing like going to a pub and hanging out again there's like a connection mm-hmm. he is like walking her home and there's like a really cute like figuring out like is he gonna come up but then he's like i have to go to the bathroom thank you tom for opening that door for us so they're back in her apartment she and her friend kate are like freaking out they're so excited kate is like a hundred percent on board about this thing right because you would be too if like your best friend and roommate is dating like a a hemsworth right or (laughs) whatever yeah who wouldn't please Um, if not but a then Tom, or Chris Evans, do you know how much I would be losing my mind? I know. Like, it would be amazing. I'd be screaming in her air, ear like every other day. She probably would stop talking to me. <laughs> I know. I'm going to tell you guys one time at some point a story about how I made eye contact with Scott Speedman from Felicity. And I think I missed Not my eye chance. contact. Scott <laughs> Speedman? Oh my God. Yeah. That, that could have been me, bitch. But alas. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And you have curly hair, you know, like Carrie Russell yeah, did. Oh my god. Anyway, that's an aside. Been. That we should save that for another episode, but we're definitely gonna talk about another. that. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, so he overhears her, like, kind of freaking out with her friend. He looks around the, like, bathroom apartment, realizes, like, this is a really normal girl, right? Like, and what am, he's kind of wondering, like, what have I done to, like, what am I doing? What am I, I'm disrupting her life. And, you know, and I think also because he had met with his publicist played by the effervescent, wonderful mini driver, but she had gotten into his head being like, normal people can't date. Uh, civilians as she called them which is very reminiscent of Notting Hill so he decides it doesn't work he calls her like he he's like I gotta go leave early Jesse's really disappointed he calls her pal sort of putting the like nail in the coffin that they're platonic nothing's happening she's sad I'm sad we're all sad we end the episode episode three summer her friends are having like a uh, Kate is planning like sort of like a mystery dinner theater murder mystery like dinner with her their bunch of their friends Jess is dressed up as like this really hot like figure from the 30s she's looking great you know that that dress and those like boobs are not going to go to waste why because Tom is going to reappear (laughs) everything looks perfect she looks so hot yeah you're right from breast to hair to just everything no honestly it was like total (laughs) baba boom I could not deal (laughs) (laughs) yeah so her tits look too good for nobody to see them right exactly. tom is gonna reappear in the picture tom comes like 
Tom, again, calls her with like some really feeble pretext. He's like, I'm doing a movie where I play an Australian. You're from New Zealand, which is, I guess, in the vicinity of Australia. So can you, can you listen to me run lines? Oh, Jess God. is like freaking out. She's like, you know, because again, they like each other, right? But they still haven't like made that connection. So he comes over and then we have like a very Notting Hill reminiscent moment where her friends like meet him everybody's kind of freaking out but he's like super cool about it they run lines again we see how cute they are together he comes downstairs her friends are like do you want to join us for dinner she's like oh my god no because he's tom kapoor but of course tom kapoor is super cool and it's like yes he yes just like Notting Hill, we get the friends freaking out, but then also like playing like a game that's like very specific to their friend group. Aside, my friends, we need to like start coming up with more games that are like quirky and very specific to us. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but like I think we are lacking. I have never we don't throw enough dinner parties. I don't think we do. Yes, we don't do I think that's dinner. it. We're too busy going to dinner other places. Well, because in, in New York, people don't can't fit people into their house. So I mean, like, that's, that's part of it. That's also true. Well, that means yeah. that people should start buying houses and apartments that are big enough for to fit friends in. <laughs> so Tom is like playing this game with her friends and it's like all fun. And then he like everybody leaves and Jesse's like, oh, you know, I don't know what she says, but it's like implied that he's going to stay and hang out. Yeah. Yes, our lovers are finally going to consummate the relationship again. Or are they? <laughs> well, really no, no, because Jesse has a friend. Uh, I think his name is Joe, who has, like, a hopeless crush on her. And yeah. he's been so jealous this whole night that Tom has yeah. been hanging around. So it kind of sabotages the relationship by implying to Tom that Jesse's seeing this other guy, Dave, or I forgot his name. Dan. But the, the other Dan. guy. Dan. Um, yeah. And so Tom is like, oh, she has a boyfriend? And so in the mirroring, like, the first episode, him thinking that she's into someone else, he leaves and she's left there really sad and confused. Nana is also sad and confused because why can't you two get it together? And it is halfway through the season and you have not gotten it together. What more torture do we have to deal with? Turns out a lot. (laughs) Much more. Okay. (laughs) Episode four, Autumn. Okay. Kate is just being wonderful. Kate, she gets an she gets an invitation to Tom's movie premiere. Oh, is it because Tom's really good friends with her? Of course not. We know what you're doing, Tom. We see you. You're sending this girl you like. You're se- you can't communicate with her directly, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you regret walking out. So you send her friend uh, an invite, knowing that her friend will bring her. Kate yep. happily obliges. So they both go to this movie premiere. Tom and his co-star look like super like she's she's like this blonde actress. She kind of has that like English rose look. She's real hot. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. and her look like they have like a thing going on. So Jesse is feeling a little insecure and she's like, you know what? It's not going to happen with Tom. So she's just going to sit back and watch the movie and Mm -hmm. periodically look at Tom and hope he looks back. He does, but she doesn't catch it. So they're both sitting watching this premiere, like sneaking glances at each other. Oh, I love a furtive glance. It's so Jane Austen. I need more of those in my life. Okay, so they're throwing those little glances at each other. Tom is also just kind of sad because he's like, what is my career? I make these shitty ass movies. And then he has this like blonde chick, like this English actress all over him who it's like clear that they fucked, but he's like not that into her. Yeah. Okay, so- He's he goes to the bathroom to like lament the state of his career. Another thing about Tom, he's like a wah wah actor boy who's like, I want to be taken seriously, but people only want to just throw money my way and put me in bad movies. 
Okay, so that's you always want to look at my pretty with. face and like me, yeah. me take my shirt off. Like it's just so hard to make millions just being this yeah. pretty. Like no one believes I can act like an intellectual. I'm like should be like Richard Burton. Shut up, Tom. Yes. Yeah. So we should be a little more sympathetic, but he yeah. is a little wide. He's going to. So he goes to like a bathroom stall to like sort of decry and like the state of his career yeah uh jesse goes to the bathroom to use the bathroom they run into each other oh okay he's complaining about his career she's like you need to chill we'll go back to your hotel room until the the movie like as the showing is over we'll just hang out we can talk here we see more of their wonderful vibe she kind of talks him down and also just kind of tells him like dude it's not that deep right you're like she's like a voice of reason because she's a normal ass person Okay. okay. Of course, eventually they're like kiss or almost kiss. Why? Because the sexual tension is just in like uncontainable, right? So they can't these two are going to be Nana on a bed talk. Not a kid take it. We are just so, ready for them. Yeah. So bang. Yes, again. And okay. so, of course, like they're almost kiss. And then she's like, oh, let me just run to the bathroom because, you know, she wants to freshen herself up. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, pad down certain places get herself looking good fresh yes um but while she's doing that uh sophie who's the hot actress lady comes into the hotel room and is like tom nom 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 i love you let's have sex and he's like (laughs) (laughs) and he's like whoa like we can't do that but he doesn't say there's another woman here you need to go right which yeah, is like yeah. obviously what he should have done instead exactly. he's like hey hey jesse just wait a few minutes until i get rid of her here are some crushed up macaroons that are in my pocket just mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. okay and this is the worst Sophie thing does tom does this entire show yes honestly it was horrible yes horrible <sighs> sophie does not go away in fact she ends up falling asleep three hours later when she does fall asleep he like spirits jesse out jesse is rightfully very angry and is like what the fuck was that he apologizes but kind of not a great enough apology she's just kind of like she escalates it to the point that's like what are we doing we you and i we don't make sense together he's kind of like listen i know you're really infuriating me right now but i do like you i don't know why this is the first point that someone has been very explicit about their about how feelings. They feel about and I don't think it's an accident. It's Tom because yeah. I think ultimately it's Tom who's been pursuing her. Yeah, Tom, um, ultimately you're right. He has been the, a, a pursuer, the aggressor. Um, totally. I like how to interrupt Pursu- you. Yeah. Pursuer, fine, not aggressor. Aggressor <laughs> yeah. has negative connotations. He has yeah. been the pursuer, um, but he's the one that making things happen while she sort of passively reacts to his, you yes. know, and trying to engage with her. Um, I will say here, like the dialogue, this is one of my favorite episodes of the series because the dialogue, especially in the scene is so great. Cause he's like, I like you're infuriating, but I actually like you. And she's like, if you liked me, you wouldn't have done what you just did. And, you know? And so like they yeah. go into this whole sort of thing where, um, she talks about being insecure. Essentially she's going on saying like, I don't even know what we're doing. Like we're like those like fun, um, I'm just total paraphrasing. We're one of those like fun animal shows that you watch with a weird animal friendship with the hedgehog and the Labrador. And uh, Tom's like, well, I don't think so. She's like, of course you don't think so. You're the freaking Labrador. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. I that's a great lie. Yeah, it was so great. Yeah. Really good. And in, this, in the same way that this is the first time we see Tom or someone actually explicitly saying I'm into you, right? Yeah. Which is usually at the point where the rom-com like 
you know, the the HEA is about to happen, right? Yeah. Or yeah. like, are like honestly, this is actually a rom com structure. It ha- this is the end of Act Two. Then there's yeah. like an Act Three conflict, and then they fall in love again. Okay. Yeah. But she doesn't actually respond, and they don't get together at this point, which is a little yeah. different. Yeah. Um. So that's one note I'll make. The other note is that this is the first time that because like the the show is called Starstruck, but she mostly is seems sort of like you know ambivalent about mm-hmm. his fame. Yeah. Um, but like very confident in herself, right? This is the first mm-hmm. time she actually kind of reveals that like she has some insecurities around being with like a big celebrity like him, right? Yeah. So it's actually a pivotal fight. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a really good fight. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it ends though very badly where she basically insults him and is like, you're just an actor. And he's like, what does that mean? And she's like, it means that you're not interesting and I can't make you interesting or something like that. Or you're boring yeah. and I can't make you interesting. Yeah. Wow. That is like yeah. a really fucking mean thing to and say. And then to he's somebody. like, he, and he like, like fuck you, and then like walks off. Like, yeah, he's like really, says fuck yeah. you. And like yes, walks off. okay. Because it's mean. So it's really again, mean. it's really mean. So we end it even worse than the other episodes where they're not yeah. together, but they also were yeah. mean. And at this point. I'm a little sad. I'm crying. I might get up and get a glass of water and wipe a tear away from my I eye. love that okay. at, at the end of each episode, you are telling us how Nana in that moment watching the episode was feeling and what your <laughs> movements are. I really think it adds to the authenticity. I hope we keep doing this for every episode going forward. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. Guys, we're almost there. It is winter. It is episode five. This is the first episode where our two lovers do not interact at all because they have had a huge fight and now they've gone, retreated to their separate lives and both lives are miserable in their own ways. Tom is like basically self-tabotaging his career. He's going to interviews with Sophie, just being a dick. And Sophie kind of tells him he's a dick. And like, this is the first time you're like, Sophie, you're relatable because you're like, are very realistic. She's like, we get paid a lot of money to do this shit. Shut up. Right. Yeah. She's like, also, (laughs) we had sex two times. It wasn't that great. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's feeling kind of meh. Yeah. Most of the episode, we're actually focused on Jesse, who has, a, I think, a heartbreaking arc. Because for me, anybody who's like lived in a big city that is not their home, yeah. I think you can kind of relate to it. Yeah. Where she's in London. We learned that she basically came to London for a relationship that is no longer there, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she's from New Zealand. And she's just having like bad experience after a bad experience. She's been fired from her nanny job. She's like, delivering flowers she lost like a big wad of their cash that she got from that job delivering flowers just life in london sucks and she basically has this breakdown which is like why am i here Mm -hmm. i have had this moment in new york city on multiple occasions (laughs) deeply resonated with me yes especially if it's not your home you don't have family you're just kind of like why am i here in my case i had a job so that was the answer but i can totally relate (laughs) i could totally relate to jesse and so at the end of the episode she and she's like has a moment with kate where she's like i'm moving back home this is like what i like about the episode is that even though we do not see her and tom i think it strengthens like our understanding of her bond with kate they're just like have a really beautiful friendship yeah Um, So at the end of the episode, Kate had posted up, like, a video of Jesse, like, being just kind of goofy and, like, 
Jesse like mm -hmm. and how do we end it we see Tom looking at it wistfully from his own phone so he's Aww. like now we know that he's like our Instagram friends with Kate yeah. and we know he's Instagram friends with Kate so he can keep tabs on Jesse it is adorable so Tiny. this is it's a little flip from the other episodes in the sense that they it's not about like about them being a, like coming apart at the end it's like about them being apart and we see this like drawing near to each other right yeah, like this yeah. is his way of like keeping himself tethered to her totally. um all right we are at christmas last episode thank you guys for bearing with me uh <laughs> so christmas jess is like ready jesse i keep calling her jess it's jesse right jesse's yeah, ready to be. go home mm -hmm. um so because she's going home for christmas her like kate decides to have like sort of an early Christmas do for her, like a Christmas party for her. Um, yeah. So we start the episode, they're shopping for trees. They're like getting things together. She has all her friends over, many of them being the friends we saw at the dinner party episode. And uh, meanwhile, Tom is just wallowing and being Tom. And he's like looking at his phone and he sees her number and he wants to see her again, right? And he has that look that rom-com heroes have, which is like, I'm gonna make a big declaration. I'm gonna make a big move. You can yes. see it in his eyes. Yes, and so, uh, so they're having their Christmas dinner. Kate is like being Kate, which means that she's being like really type A about something hostess related. Mm -hmm. I am Kate and Kate is she me because it's like, I get this. It's like, I'm always freaking out during a party. And so she's like yeah. running because she's like, we have to have this very specific dessert or it's not Christmas. I'm going to go to the shops. And so she, oops, sorry. And so she runs to the shops and she's like looking for her, whatever she's looking for. And who does she pass by, Misan? Tell us who she passes by. He passes by Tom Kapoor, who has like a grocery store flower in his hand, clearly looking for something to uh, bring to see Jesse and bring it to Jesse yes. and Kate's home. So then Kate's like, Tom? Tom Kapoor? He's like, oh, hi. I was just in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, Tom Kapoor. And he's yeah. like, yeah. And so she she brings him upstairs. And she's like, hey, it's Tom the movie star. Hey. And so all her friends. And then she, like, forces all the friends. And again, this kind of reminds me of, like, Bridget Jones' diary or something. Yeah, where it's, like, they, yeah. she forces all the friends to, like, go outside and, like, get a smoke. So these two lovers can have, like, a tete-a-tete -tete or, like, a conversation mm -hmm. inside. Um, they do, like, Tom is, like, trying to, like, gather courage to say something, do something. So he, like, ends up, because he's been so, like, you know, carb-deprived because he's a movie star, his default is to stuff his face full of the brownies he sees because he's just so nervous. It's a mistake, though. Why is it a mistake, Nana? It's a mistake because these are weed brownies. He doesn't know this. Um, what? Yes. Yes. One of Jesse's friends made wee brownies. So by the time her friends are out, like they've left the house and like they're going to have their moment together, he, he can't, he's like not functioning yeah, basically because he's, he's, he's so high. high. And so Jesse is like very cute. Oh, she's so adorable. And so she like does all these goofy little things to help distract him because he yeah. thinks he's going to die as some yeah. people do when they're high. Um, and so finally he comes down, they're in bed together. And he tells her how he feels. He basically yeah. says, I think I'm in falling in love with you. And I wanted you to come to Ireland with me because I'm doing like a film shoot in yeah. Ireland. And yeah. oh, this should be the moment. 
Misa, this is a rom-com moment. She's going to say yes, right? She's going to say yes. She has to say yes. Does she say yes? I mean, I like, this is a rom-com moment. It's a big time. It's the big moment where we're declaring not just like, I like you, but that I might be falling in love with you. But Jesse, our lovely Jesse, who we adore and think is the best character. She's like, what does that mean? You think you're falling in love with me? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, that's not a real emotion. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, yeah. Like, I think yeah. I might be falling that's not a real what are you talking about and he was like well i'm feeling an emotion or emotions and emotion with you do you feel any emotion and he's like well i feel feeling it's the most sort of like it's actually how i awkward the awkward like roundabout way of saying that someone um that you're in love with someone you have feelings for someone it's actually probably the type of thing that i might have done before and probably will do again <laughs> yes because this is the thing he 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 loves her he's in love with her yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it but he's hedging yeah. right he's still exactly. in this pivotal moment hedging yes. just a little yes. bit yes we see you tom we see jesse you. basically says honey baby i'm going home to new zealand yeah. and this is like a really cute thought but like it's not gonna happen yeah, you know um we should just be friends. And then he kind of wants, like, you know, he wants a little nookie. And she's like, hey, you're too high to give me consent. Which I thought was, like, basically an interesting. I know. It's a good <laughs> like, what? Of what you typically see. But yeah. she's absolutely right, though. She's absolutely right. Like, yeah. he's, too, he's, he's definitely impaired. <laughs> yeah, he's impaired. So then they end up spooning, which is actually so much cuter than, know, like, if they had adorable. just hooked up. It was more, I and felt so, really like, hard. Spooning. It was, like, so heartfelt. Yeah. And you could see that look on her face where she's like, she wished that they could have, like, you know, she wanted to do more, but it yeah. wasn't the moment. Yeah. Then, uh, sorry, I got to stretch and luxuriate because this is like, this part of the show is just amazing. I, would, because I, I wish you guys really could see do... Nana right now. She really actively is stretching. It's almost like she's about to do a sun <laughs> salutation in preparation for this big moment. Like she's like, she's got her beautiful curly hair, like already, and this is ready to do it. <laughs> Embrace the time. Let's do it. We're here. <laughs> uh, yes, because this is the part of the show where I just think, like, if you know, I've I have had my share of international booty calls, if you will, and so I know that feeling of like it's ass crack of the morning, and you have to get to a bus station or train Listen, station. You or have to like, make that a, flight, and an you're airport. like, why did I book it? But you had no way of knowing that you were going to, yes. you know. But you have and you before. have to leave, you know, you have to end that night with that person, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I can, like, feel this on a visceral level because they capture it, like, they capture that, like, alarm going off and she okay. kind of wakes up a little discombobulated and he's already woken up, which I think is interesting, right? He is yeah. woken up because he's anticipating this day, too, yeah. you know? He's yeah. woken up and he's made her coffee. And I almost think, like, I'm reading into it, but he woke up because he, like, wanted to make sure he was up and, like, could maximize the time that they yeah. had together, right? I, I, I will take that theory as well, I believe. That. Yeah. Okay. So then they like uh, she and Kate and him walk to the bus station. It's like that, you know. It's right before dawn. It's mm-hmm. that like dark morning, which I just uh, I think is perfect. And so Kate and her have like a tearful goodbye, and then he's like, "I'll just wait at the bus stop with you until the bus comes." And she's like, "Okay." And then the bus comes, and he's like, "You know what? I can just ride the bus until you know you have to change right yeah. to the train or whatever." Yeah. And she's like, "Okay." And so they're sitting on the back of the bus in a scene that like something about that double decker and that light also reminds me a little bit of Lovers Rock. I like yes. to tie into past episodes where we yes. can. Um, and so they're sitting in the back of the bus. Nobody's on the bus. And then they call, and you'll remember the station, but it's the station to switch that Heathrow, right? Charing Cross. 
Yes, Charing Cross. And he's like, is that, is that your stop? And she's like, yeah. And then they just kind of sit there and they look and at the each other. And the doors close and then they just keep and the, going. And the bus drives off. And then he she's like looks at him and she's about to say something. And then he just kisses her. And it's and amazing. You ah, it's so happy. Ah, so good. I apologize, but I'm not sorry because it was so... It was so cute. That look on her face when she like is caught off guard. Him just being so like overfilled with joy. I know you could see you know him like, I mean? smiling. He's, so He's like getting smilier yeah. and smilier while her face is like, what did I do? What did I do? I guess I did it. I guess I yes. did it. And then she turns to talk to him and he just kisses her. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. How does Nana end this episode? She is crying, <laughs> crying tears of joy. And I'm going to tell you, Rom Squad, it wasn't just the first time I saw it that I cried. It yeah, was the second time and the third time. Something about that moment yeah. just yeah. makes me weep. I think it's a mixture of the relief you feel because yeah, you've finally. been like watching these people this whole time. Yeah. And it's just so like this is like. Sorry, I'll get to the rest of like our p- analysis, but I just want to say this epitomizes what we talk about, pockets of pleasure. Yeah. This was like a pure joy, that yeah. moment that he yeah. they finally get together. Oh my God, it just was so like, I just think <sighs> there's something so rewarding about seeing two people that are so different and come from worlds that are, like were never meant to really clash or interact. Find after like struggling... <laughs> For a whole year, basically, after struggling for almost a year, like finally get together and make it work. And it was just perfect. And we just so you guys know, it has been renewed for a second season. I think they're filming it yes. as we speak. I so I'm you. very excited about it because they're going to show us what happens after the HEA, uh, which you guys know that I talk about. I want to see more of those type of things in media uh, and r- romance media. So like, oh, my God. Wonderful. Excellent work. Excellent work, Rose Matafeo. Excellent work. Really, just really well done. Yes. Truly. 10 out of 10. Totally recommend. All right. I'm going to make some chamomile tea and pat my head off a little. Take a break. (laughs) Nissan, tell the people about the characters, will you? Sure. Sure. Thank you, Nana. I will give you an A+. That was fantastic. I truly enjoy it. Uh, I... I cannot wait for us to do that again on another episode. Uh, okay, so our main <laughs> characters, we talked about Jessie already. Uh, so Nana mentioned that she's, you know, from New Zealand. So she's a Q expat. Uh, so what's something that's interesting with Jessie is that she is biracial. So she's half Samoan. Um, and that's just not, it's not a thing that's remarked upon or thought upon or like really talked about or addressed. It's just sort of like, that's who she is. That's her experience and identity. But it's not something that, you know, colors what we watch or how we look at their love story which i really enjoy because you know sometimes and actually you guys most of the time people of color just like fall in love are in love and just have these stories and there's no sort of like attendant racial trauma (laughs) from that happening yeah so i liked the fact that you know jesse just this character that's in her late 20s that you can relate to she's very much an every woman uh type of person uh she's so funny like you can see why tom Kapoor would be drawn to her like her personality is just like rock solid like I if I ran into Jesse at like her dinner party I would definitely be charmed by her the way that Tom is charmed by her and like to like just totally into just like hearing what she had to say like considering she's like 
trying to figure out who she is in terms of like what she wants to do in terms of a career, like what her next steps are. She's so confident and like, just like gets after it. Yeah. Awesome. Great character. Also a great friend, like just totally relatable, honestly. A really like one of the best rom-com characters I think we've seen in a while, like as a lead. Fantastic. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just going to like, I think the thing I loved the most about her is she is so funny. Her way. Yeah hilarious but I what I like about it and, and you you talked about like you can see why Tom is charmed by her is that like oftentimes you don't get to see like in a, a romance like the man and like you know hetero where it's like a man and a woman it's usually like the man who's like gets to be the funny one right yeah. like, especially like if it's like it's like a Judd Apatow it's like the guy's funny and yeah. she's kind of like just like his like love like kind of can hang wife yeah. or kind of can hang love interest right yeah but like in this situation, it's so clear that she's the 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 witty one, and what like he can just kind of hang and he can yeah. go on for the ride, you know? Yeah, like he's um, funny, so, but not as funny as her. You're right, that's and not her. as funny as her. Yeah, and I think like funny. that yeah. that's part of like I sense that that's part of her I appeal to him, right? Yeah, like you just and I get it, like you know, and Rose Matafeo, she like we told you, she has her moments, especially she's va va boom, she's like a she's like she's pretty, right? Yeah, but, like. It's not, that's not the thing that is her appeal. Yeah. Right? Which I really appreciate because oftentimes it's like the woman is like so beautiful and the man's heart stops when he sees her and you know, know, whatever. But so it's, yeah, but it's like cool to see like the woman, a lot of her attractive appeal gets to be because she's funny and smart. Yeah, like her personality. And as a woman, her personality. Who had to develop personalities uh, when Mm -hmm. we were in school, guys? And we really worked hard at it. I just, it's very validating, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I just, like, I, I, I appreciate that, like, that the idea that a woman could, like, charm a man or make a man fall in love with her just based on who she is as a person. Yeah, like, Go imagine figure. that. Imagine that being sort of reinforced <laughs> in pop culture. Love it, love it. Yeah. And then Tom Kapoor. Okay. Amazing yep. movie star, super handsome, very charming. Already mentioned, you know, played by Nikesh Patel. And again, like this is an interracial relationship. Like Tom Kapoor is like British Asian, British Indian. Um, but it's not, it's not the center of the story. It's not even remarked upon at all. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I think it's great to see, like we, we talked a lot, we talked a little bit and we'll talk a bit more about sort of the um, similarities and allusions to Notting Hill. It's great to just see, I guess, an updated version of Notting Hill with its own, set characteristics that make it are have it be set apart in a way that's interesting and new and different and entertaining and it's not sort of like oh look we're just we're like Notting Hill but different it's just like it's just a great story I really really like that a lot yeah Um, and Tom yeah I to your point like I I I kind of enjoy when there's like an interracial relationship where the it's not with a white person, right? Because yeah, like, I feel like we too. always see that, but yeah, it's just it's interesting, you know. But to your point, like it's not featured, but it's just like in terms of like because there are non-white people who get together, and yeah, we it often happens, don't see guys, that on like the in screen. the world. Like Hollywood would would make you think that it's rare. It's not. It really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not rare. Um, <laughs> And did the other thing, just on the Notting Hill comparison, one thing I will say is because he's sort of the equivalent of the Julia Roberts character, yeah. Anna. 
But he is like, I, and you should listen to our Notting Hill episode if you haven't. But the yeah. thing with Anna throughout the whole episode is she's so opaque, like, or through this movie, is that you don't really know how she feels about him until that big speech at the end because she's yeah. always kind of playing her cards close to her vest. Yeah. Whereas Tom, it's so, like you get to see those moments of vulnerability, him yeah. making the decision that he's going to call her, him constantly putting himself out there. And it's like, it's just kind of refreshing that even though he's this celebrity, like he's like the pursuer and yeah. he's the one who we get to see like we know like whereas Anna we ultimately learned like a lot of the her hiding or playing things close to the vest is because she's doesn't she wants to protect her vulnerabilities yeah. like every scene that we see um Tom in we get to see that like process of him like negotiating can I be vulnerable right now okay I won't and I yeah. think that's good acting on Nikesh Patel's part I think so but, like he is like yeah. He's, like, a person, like, and Notting Hill was almost, like, the, and I, again, it might be the time period it was in, but, like, the celebrity was almost, like, this god, this, like, Mount Olympus figure who was, yeah. like, so far from the rest of us. Yeah. Tom never feels that distant, you know? No. He always kind of feels like a normal person who just happens to be a movie star. Yeah, he's not opaque, and I don't know, maybe it is, like you have mentioned or alluded to, Nana, that it's, like, just how we look at celebrity now, because people are on Instagram, so, like, sort of that, like, that, like, barrier that is there still between us and celebrities have, has sort of been like ripped down a bit more. Cause it's like, Oh, we're just like you. And uh, that's happened to, you know, greater effect for some people or not. And even the old school celebrities that you think would never be on Instagram, like Jennifer Aniston is on Instagram. Angelina yeah. Jolie just joined Instagram. So there's more of like, oh. ripping away. yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, there's more of like ripping away of just like this, like mystique. And that's for better or for worse. And I think that we see that a lot in this. He's just so like, awkwardly charming about trying to get to Jesse and he knows that his usual way of like getting someone to care about him or interested in him doesn't yeah. work it's not like I'm the movie star so like you know hear me roar like you should be all over me like she doesn't care <laughs> yeah um I like that a lot and one more character I wanted to talk about before we like move on to the next part of the episode is Kate the best friend yes because she Kate. seems sort of like I don't know, maybe she's, like, the audience viewpoint, don't you think, Nana? Like, sort of, like, how, yeah. like, the real person would react to all of these things happening. Like, she's our voice, almost. Yeah, surrogate. She's, like, the audience yeah, surrogate. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. She's, like, very much, like, she never plays, Tom, like, plays it cool about Tom the movie star. While, you know, Jesse might have feelings of, like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? But she'll play it cool because she's, you know, one actually in the relationship. But Kate never has to do that. You can just be unabashedly, like, uh, there's a movie star in our bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. I love it. Like, that's and a big I, deal. The other, yeah, and then just the other twist on that, and I've already told you how I relate to her neuroses about being a hostess and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th I love their friendship. But I think the other thing about her is that she um, she's our surrogate in the sense that she ships them. Yeah. She ships both Tom and Jesse yeah. the way that we're shipping them. So yeah. it's almost like you see her being frustrated, like, oh, no, oh, you know, Why and so it's like happening? getting to see a yeah. character play out that constant investment and whether these two people would come together. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Okay. So, you know, we've discussed the characters and, of course, it wouldn't be a uh, hell yeah if we didn't talk a little bit about the themes that we see. So, Misan, let's True. just talk about a couple of the themes. I think the first is the most obvious, which was also existed in Notting Hill, which is just mm -hmm. the concept of celebrity and sort of the difficulty of like a normal person and a celebrity being able yeah. to find like a common space to be together. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like what? It's like two very different worlds, right? The fact that they mm -hmm. even like ran into each other, they're in their meet cute, um, was just something sort of out of 
out of like almost a fairy tale, I guess. Yeah. So it wouldn't have, it wouldn't, it doesn't happen normally like that. Similar, similar to the meet cute and Notting Hill, but ju- there's just sort of more updated for 2020, 2021. Yeah. Um, I think there's a difference in how we see celebrity here versus how we see it in Notting Hill. Um, and you talked about this, uh, we've talked about this before. We talked about this in the Notting Hill episode about how like um, Anna Scott, Julia Roberts's character in Notting Hill was this like, almost like the celebrity on like Mount Olympus, you know, yeah. like almost like this like godlike figure, right? That we didn't really see much about her inner sort of thoughts, like how she was dealing with life. What, all we, we saw her through the lens of Hugh Grant's character. Totally. Almost, yeah. Yeah, like that, it was very much his story and she was part of it, but she wasn't a central figure. Here, I, or not essential as you imagine, considering it's their love story. Here, and I don't know if part of this is because celebrity is just different, in mm-hmm. 2020 and 2021 than it is than it was in the 90s early 2000s we see way more of tom kapoor and his like w- awkwardness and his vulnerability and like trying to figure out like who he wants to be as a person um and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's insurmountable as yes i think that's important i don't know like insurmountable as an obstacle like it's an obstacle but it doesn't seem like that's the main hurdle between them to me yeah yeah I agree. I feel like when we were talking about Notting Hill, a lot of it was, and for those who haven't listened, go back and listen to the Notting Hill episode. But, Please. <laughs> but um, it was all, it, a lot of it was sort of a meditation on celebrity. And through that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got like some subtext about people's vulnerabilities and how, like, yeah. you know, that came into play and how celebrities sort of exacerbated them or exaggerated those. I think yeah. this, now the vulnerabilities, and we'll talk more about this, um, next is that's the the text it's not the subtext and celebrity is just almost like the jumping off point right like it's a kind of a fun story to make it a rom-com but ultimately it's like not as important to the fact that they don't even really spend a lot of time examining tom's celebrity like sometimes he's like so famous that he gets mobbed by people and his um his what you might call it his uh managers like you can't be with a normie essentially yeah like you can't be with civilians yeah civilians But then he's like chilling with her at a pub, right? And so that I did find that like a little confusing, to be honest. And yeah, maybe that's it's an oversight. I have, yeah, that's yeah. a quibble I have with the series. Like, I, like I haven't really critiqued it. Obviously, like Nana and I've been gushing for the past like yeah. hour. We'll probably gush for <laughs> another thirty minutes because you guys are new, like are used to us being like chatty Cathy's at this point. But like. It didn't make sense to me. Like, if he's this big star, he's huge, mm-hmm. right? I think of him like Evans Hemsworth-like, right? He is big enough to endorse luxury brands and be on billboards and yeah. seems to be in, like, blockbuster movies. No one cares that he's at a pub quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not remarked upon unless they're not, like, they're just not showing us that piece of it. Maybe we'll know, like, I guess in fairness, like, what we've seen so far was, like, him in her world. Yeah. Maybe next season uh that's being filmed and please release it soon please yeah. rose Mathieu, I need it. we I beg need you it. we need I it need we it. need it um but maybe we'll see her in his world and what that actually looks like yeah and that that would be an interesting sort of flip because before it was him just coming to her at all times if she's going with him to film while he's filming in ireland that would be interesting to see what that looks like that's and how true. she like fits into it so maybe that's yeah. saved for like season two yeah because it's like I think the celebrity is like kind of a fun thing and we get to see sort of her, like what you said, it has the rom-com fairy tale aspect, but ultimately yeah. it's just like one of the, it's the one, of, it's like sort of a minor obstacle compared to like the big one that we see, which is vulnerability, which I think we should yeah. discuss. 
Um, yeah, I think it's like, true. The push and pull, as frustrating as it is, and because you know we've seen different rom coms, like let's say Love Rosie, not to call it out by its name, where it's like, so <laughs> frustrating that like yeah. the two people can't make it work. Why can't you two to get together? It's always something. I hated right? it so much. I hated that. I hate it so much because of that. I have to be honest. It should be so good, but I hate it so I like much it. Because but of it is that. frustrating. Whereas yeah. this, as frustrating as it is, it just feels so organic and true to life that I accept yeah. it. Because it's people constantly second guessing themselves about, you know, making a move because yeah. and you can see it and I guess this is the strength of the acting and writing. You can see that decision being made, which is like, okay, this is the moment that I'm going to like ask this person to come up, right? Yeah. But yeah. do they actually like me that much? And you can see them getting yeah. in their head about it. So it's like people yeah. not willing to put themselves out there because they can't get a, like they can't really suss out how the other person feels about them. And that's true whether Tom is a celebrity, whether he's the guy who works at famous footwear super drug yeah or like yeah <laughs> that's yeah still around whether yeah, it's yeah. like he's a lawyer whatever it doesn't matter and that's like yeah what i appreciate about this show and maybe that is the strength of making him a celebrity is that ultimately it doesn't matter who you are when mm. it's about two people getting together unless you're like a megalomaniac or like a narcissist most people yeah. feel a sense of uncertainty and vulnerability and it's really uncomfortable no matter how old you are or who you are yeah. to go, to and go no to matter that place. how big or famous you are right like yeah. you said like his celebrity is almost like it's a part of the serve it's almost incidental to this experience like you imagine that you would see it happen if they were like long distance or something you know what i mean like yeah. they were like if the obstacle was not his celebrity but he lived far away or he was like you know some big ceo for some major company and she was like the lawyer trying to like um, get them to like someone handle their like Tom right now. Yeah, handle the CO two emissions and care about climate change. Like you would still see. I'm sorry, I know I'm a nerd, but you would still like you would still see that sort of like um that push and pull. And we talk about this a lot, but like intimacy. I what I like about this is like the first episode they have sex multiple times. Yeah, and I think for some um rom coms and movies of like earlier decades. Like having sex is they have people have sex when they finally come together. Yeah, like you frequently see that. Like the it's ones like the culmination ones I can think of. Yeah, like that's the culmination of everything. But no, that's the beginning of their story, and I think it's also a, just a, a key feature that you see more and more represented in millennial Gen Z dating, like people our age and younger that date. That like sex is not the answer to in- intimacy. It's part of it. It can be part of it. Yeah. But like they have sex, but they still struggle with like their feelings and trying to actually get close and see if they're going to like, you know, unburden themselves and be in a relationship. Like sex isn't what makes their relationship. Like they've already done that and they yeah. like it and they do it again, but the feelings are there and that's what gums it all up. So true intimacy is what they're seeking. And it's so, it's painful to watch them get yeah. <laughs> to the place to try to figure it out. It's so painful, but it feels so real, you know, like it's like, who hasn't been there? Yeah. Honestly, who hasn't been there? Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. Like to your point, like the the moment that they get together or that like kind of spurs them get together is so innocent. Like they just spend the night spooning, right? Yeah, right before, yeah. and then yeah. they have like a kiss because it's not about sort of like you know the mashing together of two genitals. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's not about it's, and it's, it's, it's not the be all end all. It really doesn't have to. It be. is it. And I think the way of like we probably like approach relationships and sex these days, it really doesn't have to be maybe like 
some people's parents, mine included, might be appalled by that. But that's not like sort of the be all end all. It's part of it. It can be. But like intimacy is a bit different. And I like yeah. that. They, I like that they displayed that. Yeah. Wow. And to, you know, it's so interesting because like there's an innocence despite like the sex and the period sex jokes and like, you know, yeah. it opening with a hookup. I think there's like a, an innocence about their interactions where like when they get so giddy or like he she gets a call from him and then she like throws her phone down because she doesn't know how to react or he's yeah. kind of just constantly like like kicking himself for something he said. Like they mm-hmm. just seem like grade school kids or middle schoolers in those yeah. moments. And it's yeah. so sweet. And it ha- really had me thinking when I watched it, which is just like, that's fundamentally what rom-coms do. It's like it distills people down to their like preteen selves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's what romance is. It's like, it's awkward. And you, you, you're, you, a lot of people, unless you're like, I don't know, Idris Elba, fumble their way yeah. through it. <laughs> you're yeah, like Mr. BDE, King of Cool. But otherwise, know, like most people like fundamentally like at, at, it's not because the awkwardness isn't about being young and inexperienced. It's about being putting yourself out there. Like, it's like almost like the most sort of exposing thing you can do is to yeah. like put yourself out there and hope somebody like receives you as you are. Right. Yeah, like, totally. Like, kind of the uh, like Bridget Jones. Like, I love you just as you are. Like, you don't know the yeah. answer to that, especially when you first get together. And most yeah. rom-coms are about people getting together. But I don't think they fully explored like that excruciating uncertainty and that like, mm, you know, that yeah. awkwardness and that, that constantly messing up and making the wrong decisions and getting another chance. Right. Like, yeah. Rom-coms always feel like it's the meet cute, it's the one and done, right? But no, yeah. like you can cross paths with someone. You can try to see them again and you can still fumble it, right? Like yeah, in a second like chance, it takes them a almost a chance. year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the yearning piece of it, right? Like think yeah. about it like when you first meet someone and you're into them, you're like, "Oh, this could work." But like rarely, I mean, unless you have, I don't know, maybe some people have like the best luck in the world with that. Like it's rare to me that you meet someone like, "Okay, it's so and it's straightforward." Yes. I have never had it be straightforward. Ever, uh-uh. ever, ever, ever. No, it's like sort of these stops and starts and like you're really into it. The other person might not be as much. Then they the other person is you're like, ah. Eh. Then you're sort yeah. of maybe in the same spot, but it's not clear. But it takes forever. <laughs> and this is a good job of showing and then sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like you'd go back and forth and it's like, oh, it's not the chemistry or like whatever was there is gone. And this does such a good job of that. You have no way of knowing which way it's going to go. You just have to try, which is the terrifying part, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll just say about vulnerability and intimacy is just like, I think the show, we've gone on and on about the banter and how funny it is. But I think the clever thing they do is the banter just isn't just there to make us laugh or like the characters. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. like especially Jesse uses banter at a way from deflecting from really like engaging with their true feelings about each other. So there are moments where he's like, I really, I just want to know you, you know, and he, she'll say something sort of sarcastic and offhanded to change the subject. Like there's a point where she's like, he's kind of like, oh, like I really like your face. That's the moment where, you know, you would think in a rom-com, like she would be like, do you like my face? And they, their faces would move close together and they would kiss. And then no, but Jesse yeah. is a normal ass chick who's like, ah, yeah. I, I feel icky and exposed. So she says something yeah, like, I like, oh, to like, push I don't, this away. yeah, I don't trust your opinion, right? Because it's yeah. like, it's, it, it's uncomfortable sometimes to like, it is. and that's yeah. the thing. Like, yes, they're unsure that the other person likes them, but she's had moments where it seems like he's going to reveal it and she pushes yeah. it away. I would think as a girl who has experienced 
using humor to deflect from things. It's because it's like if you allow yourself to like really hope or like, you know, accept that this person likes you, then you're like going to hope yeah. and then you're going to get disappointed. Right. And so yeah, I feel like she- you open yourself up to feeling yeah. disappointed by someone else's actions because you can't control them. Yes, exactly. Like one of the scariest parts of being in a relationship. You can't control what the other person does or how they react to you. Yeah. So you Like you can try to be A for effort, like be an A student at like being in the relationship, but you're not in it by yourself. So yeah. And so that's so why that's I think, like, part. even when he tells her that she, he, like, at that that episode that we shall not name, but when he tells yeah. her, like, I like you, even though you're infuriating, she says, no, you don't. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's because she wants to cut it off, because if she really allows herself to believe that he likes her, then she's, like, engaging. He's a celebrity. He's going to disappear and walk away. Yeah. And what am I left with? You know, and I, obviously I'm projecting a little, but I do think that's, like, what's going yeah, through her head. It's, I agree. You know? And so it's yeah. almost like. defeatist thinking and so i i I think a lot of that happens when people first start sort of gauging their interest or like you know when you first start dating someone or you you like someone right and i think the show is like one of the few rom-coms that i feel like has just explored that with a lot of depth that's it i agree mic drop it's amazing okay so two last things about starstruck and then we'll get into our hgas the first is what did you think about sort of the romance, the meet cute, like how they develop using like rom-com elements? I thought it was, a, I just thought it was a great, uh, I don't want to call it update, but sort of a great innovation of the genre. Because mm. I think if you think about like the meet cute in Notting Hill, which we gushed about a few episodes ago, where like, you know, they like run into each other, he spills orange juice, like that's yeah. how they meet. And it's like fun and like, you know. It's presented as organic, obviously, and it's great. But here, <laughs> it's like a hookup on New Year's Eve. We've talked yeah. about New Year's Eve. You know what I mean, yeah. like, it's not romantic. It doesn't start as romantic and doesn't mean it's, and that's what I love about it. It's not sort of like this, like, precious, like, cutesy sort of engagement with each other. It's like, oh, you're cute. We're bantering. Like, you walked in on me, like, in the men's bathroom drunk and getting, like, how to say James Bond 007 wrong. And I like you make fun of me for it and we go back and forth. And then now we're making out in, the t- in a cab. Yeah. And then that's how we met. Like it's so it's like a meet cute that makes sense to me for how people engage now <laughs> when people date. Like if you meet someone on an app or whatever. So I, I liked it. It just felt very much 21st century uh, and not just sort of like redoing or reinventing any wheel. It's just like this feels right in the moment of time that we're at. Yeah. So I, loved it. I agree. I think the meet cute is just like very true to like real life. I think yeah. the pursuit, we talked about a little how Tom is like clumsily wooing her. This yeah. is where it feels like traditional rom-com territory in that what is so appealing about it is like it's the guy who's like on the high horse being reduced yeah. to like sort of being awkward and unsure. Yeah. And, and so fumbling. You know, yeah. Yeah. You, and you know who it sounds like, right? Who does it sound like? It sounds like Mr. Darcy. And I feel like oh, any time you got that. <laughs> Oh my god! (laughs) But I think I mean there's a reason. I think that it's a continually like swoon worthy sort of like trope, right? Yeah. The guy who's like he, even though the world has put him up as like something, right? Like what when it comes down to it, when you're actually in love with someone, none of that matters because you're reduced to that twelve year old. Um, Yeah. And then I think the you know we talked about their dynamic. How I think that it's just really special that she's not really in their interactions. It's just about those two people together she like she yeah. likes him she likes his humor she you know yeah. it's not really about him being a celebrity and so you see her sort of like what we talked about when she 
told him, like, calm down. It's not that deep. You're a star, right? She, like, kind of keeps him, like, honest. You know, she's yeah. like, keeps it real. Um, yeah. And I think she's probably one of the few people in his life who, like, talks to him like a normal person, right? Yeah. And yeah. so she has something very stabilizing for Tom, right? And we get yeah. to see that. And so I think it's interesting yeah. that they meet each other in the place where they're both sort of in a period of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like he's not sure where he wants to go with his career and she's not sure where she wants to go with life. Like she gets fired from her nanny job in like yeah. episode five unceremoniously. Um, and she's like, why am I even at this movie theater? I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like they're both in the place of just like, it's back to the vulnerability, but they're both in the place of like sort of, they're just not sure where they're going next. And yeah. it's, it's interesting how they can, like you said, she's mature. She's a bit of, she's able to play a mature, like, sort of role for him to, like, be a solidifying force. But I think it also, like, just it opens her up to possibilities that her world doesn't just have to be what she thought. It was sort of, like, the small little corner she had for herself, that there's a lot more out there. So I think they help each other, open each other up in, like, different and interesting ways. Yeah. And that, to your point, I think this is, like, a lot of fodder or, like, for a season two. Like, I would love to yeah. see how they grow and develop in a relationship. Yeah, um, totally. So the last point I'm just going to make is, well, a couple, but it was basically like, I think that the way that they got together, we talked about it a little, but I, it's my favorite I think I've seen in a rom-com, which is surprising because yeah. they're usually huge moments. There's a sweeping kiss. There's Mark Darcy kissing Bridget Jones in the snow. There's yeah. Hugh Grant's you know, at the press conference in Notting Hill, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a dashing through an airport scene yeah, or something. Yeah, there's a dashing yeah. through, the, there's like a huge declaration, a grand gesture. This is like yeah. the biggest whimper, like compared to it. And it's not yeah. a moment of action. It's like a moment of inaction. It's like making the choice mm. not to do something. And so it's so small yeah. and it's subtle. And you get to see his like, just pure gratitude for her making that yeah, choice, yeah. right? He's and so, so happy. He's the so smile happy. is like he just keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. It's so <laughs> cute. It's so and so I love like playing with that concept of like the declaration just being like a small decision. You know, it was like it's just a small inaction, a small omission, right? Was at ultimately what like brought these two lovers together. And how much like real life is that as opposed to like yeah? I mean, what are the of someone like dashing through an airport to make that grand gesture. I mean, we t- we talked about this a few episode ago, episodes ago about like a rom com gone wrong, a rom com trip yeah. gone wrong in real life when that woman flew across yeah. the country to the guy that was her recent ex to say like I think we're meant to be together, and then it didn't work out because real life does is not filled normally with these like huge grand gestures that like people are getting together that way. There's a lot of it. Sometimes it's like quiet decisions or actions or inaction. So I really yeah. liked that. It felt, it felt like something that would happen to me or you, you know, or yeah. our friend. It's so, like yeah. a real life romantic gestures. Like I will delay my trip for a week or yeah, exactly. I will do, you know, and see where yeah. it goes, you know, and it yeah. leaves the yeah. room for us to see where it goes. Right. Exactly. And so that brings me to the last question about the relationship. Do we think it's a happily ever after and happily for I now? I do. I do. I mean, maybe I drank the Kool-Aid, but I just think that they're, if they can figure out how they, I mean, the story, and I guess that season two is how they fit e- in each other's world. But I think they can make it work as long as they can, you know, focus on the two of them. I just think they're a good fit. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we love those two crazy kids. I hope they make I it know. work. You know, I do too. Ultimately, it's not a competition with Notting Hill, but I think that this definitely feels at least true to life for me. Um, yeah. You know, Misan's Agreed. beef with Notting Hill was always that it was like 
uh, well, Nissan and Cousin Gina, right? That it felt like a yeah. very sort of erudite, like yeah. distant sort of posh Oxbridge version of the UK, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I feel like this show gets it right. Like they're much more diverse. Their accents don't sound particularly like posh to me. They sound like yeah. kind of normal people. Um, yeah. And so this does feel like an updated, more relatable younger millennial version. Like even though they were young in Notting Hill, like they owned homes. They had like they were relatively yeah, together. Yeah, they didn't seem really young. They yeah. just seemed like unreal. They didn't seem like they were in their 30s or whatever they were. They seemed so much more grown up yeah. than these characters. And maybe that's here. like, you know, pre-recession whatever <laughs> world. <laughs> Pre-Burst pre- Stearns collapse. Yeah, Pre-Burst Stearns. We're 30-year-olds oh. own property. But <laughs> Oh, God. Pipe dreams. Pipe but dreams. This, to, to the point is like, this looks more like what late 20s and 30s is now yeah. right yeah. and so i think it's yeah. more relatable so in conclusion it's the best thing ever watch it it's so good watch it guys listen starstruck six episodes hbo max and you can like you can just get a you can just get a free trial of hbo yeah max. it's worth like it. honestly guys it's worth it just for the six episodes and then you can cancel it or if you have hbo normally if you have cable although i don't know who still has cable besides me and my parents like and nana's parents if yeah. you have cable you probably have hbo and then you can watch it that way but please but you can watch it only on hbo max but if you have hbo you have hbo max but please watch it guys it's so 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 good oh my god i love it the best um and yeah so that's it we love you Starstruck. I'm we struck love you. by Starstruck. Rose, Rose Matafeo, please bring season two as quickly as possible, please. We deserve bring it. We've earned two. it. Also, be my best friend, please. Because <laughs> I love you. Oh, my God. What a star she is. She's a total star. Yeah. Love her. Adore her. Um, adore her. All right. H-E-A time. Who do you want to go first? Me you or can you? go first. All right, so you have a choice here, Nana. I can do a, like a contemporary rom-com. It happened one summer, which is like a Schitt's Creek inspired sort of rom-com. A woman that like, you know, is like a like super wealthy socialite that ends up going off to like, you know, Washington State and falling in love with like a grizzly fisherman. Or I can oh. do The Day of the Duchess, which is a historical romance novel set in Regency era about a woman who's trying to divorce her Duke husband. You tell me. Do you, which do one you mind want. if I? I actually kind of want to go with the Schitt's Creek because it's like it's got my whole like woman from a big city meets a burly country man thing. Oh, I know. I mean, that is totally. I should have known because that is honestly <laughs> totally your catnip. I don't even know why I asked you which one you wanted because I should have known what the answer was when I gave you <laughs> the question. <laughs> All I know. Right, so I love it, hap- it. it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. So it is one of my, okay, guys, I feel like I say, like the books I recommend is because I know that they're really good and I love them, but this is, it's really one of my favorite books I've read this year, hence why I'm talking about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So it stars Piper Bellinger, who is like this like super rich kid who's sort of out of control. She's like, she's like an influencer. So she has a bunch of followers. She's like over a million followers on Instagram. People follow her every move. She's like an L.A. rich kid. Um, And she's like in her like late 20s and is sort of like feeling like there's not much to her anymore. Like it's she's almost like she's aging out of like, you know, that influencer, a Hollywood L.A. life. Yeah. At the beginning of the novel, she's dating this like 
really good looking dude that's like sort of like it's like a writer um and he is kind of interested in her but only because of her looks and then he's like dumping her unceremoniously in front of a party of people and people have already started like once they see him dump her he's like oh like piper this is over you're not gonna make this difficult are you and then he like adjusts his watch and is like very dismissive basically like Mm. thinks of her as like this like dumb bimbo and she's like oh she can't go out like this she can see like a tmz report coming out about Piper Bellinger, rich kid dumped by blah, blah, blah. And she, you know, does a whole thing. Like she's embarrassed. So she decides she's going to make a whole, she's going to change the narrative. So she ends up (laughs) going to like a hotel, breaking into a hotel pool, some super fancy hotel, maybe like the Mondrian or something. And she has the most epic party that causes a lot of damage. Thousands of people come to the party. She like skinny dips in the pool with thousands of people. The police are called. She gets arrested. Her stepfather is furious. Because oh, to be he is a rich white woman. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't think Piper's a great character because initially you're like, what is your like you feel for her because it's like there's more to her than what she's presented as and what you've seen, but like it's just not it doesn't come out yet. So like Piper cares about her mom and her sister, her younger sister, and then her stepdad she sort of cares about. It. So anyway, the stepdad is fed up. He's like this big studio, like like movie producer and writer and director and someone that the owner of the hotel is financing his movie and it's caused a big sting. So he's like, listen, you have to be punished. Otherwise he's going to pull out of financing my movie. The owner of the hotel is really upset. So I'm going to banish you to Washington state, which is a property that your father, your late father had a dive bar in Westport, Washington. Um, and that's where you're going to go to see if you can grow up and make something of yourself. You can't stay in LA. I've been like giving you an allowance for years and you don't do anything. You have no job. You have no substance. This is so Shit's Creek. Like in terms of like, It's totally Shit's Creek. It's totally Shit's Creek. And turns out that Piper and her sister were born in Westport, Washington. Their mom was married to their dad, which is this like fisherman who is like this like grizzly, like salt of the earth kind of dude. And he died while he was out on his fishing boat with his crew. Like the water came and swept him up and then he was gone. Her mother was so sad she had to flee Westport, somehow ran into this like big studio director dude that fell in love with her and he married her. And in response to her grief, he wanted her to never talk about her late husband ever again. So Piper never knew about her dad, really. Uh, so that's actually really Yeah, toxic. and so that's a, it's a very interesting <laughs> sort of piece of the story. Like the stepfather is actually kind of a dick, to be honest. Yeah. I'm interested to see because this book has like there's like another book coming out with about her little sister. So interesting to see if they do more with that like parental dynamic because there's a lot of heart to it when you talk about these like familiar relations that it doesn't spend as much time on. It just sort of like it just sort of like a bruise on the heart as you're like reading and learning about these people. So Piper lands, you know, in Westport with her Gucci, like a mini skirt, like just like, you know, she's like Alexa. <laughs> she's Alexis. Yeah. Uh, she's Alexis from Schitt's Creek. She runs into uh Sea Captain Brendan, who's this like bearded dude mm. that mm. wears jeans. He's always has a beanie. He's like, you know, all he cares about is Westport. He's never been anywhere. He was married before and his wife died years ago and he's been mourning her for years. So they have a clash and you would think they're not going to work. This doesn't make any sense. They're so different. And, you know, Brendan has never wanted to be out of his comfort zone. He's happy with what he does. Every day he eats at the same place when he's on land. Everyone's used to where he eats. Uh, he goes, you know, out on the water. He comes back. Nothing has changed. He does it the same thing all the time. He gets the same dish 
at the restaurants he goes to, like the two restaurants in town, never changes, never changes. That's Brendan. So anyway, so Piper and her sister get there. They're supposed to like renovate this like dive bar that is a total dump. There are rats everywhere. Um, It hasn't been updated or fixed in decades. The people don't want Piper and her sister there. You know how it goes. Slowly but surely, they fall in love with Piper. There's more to her. Brendan falls in love with Piper because he sees there's more to her. And he's just so intrigued by who she is and the vibrancy that is her. The sex scenes are ridiculous. There is a scene uh, where he goes down on her where I kid you not. Like I was reading this on a trip with my friend when we went on vacation (laughs) a couple weeks ago. I was like fanning myself. My friend was like, are you okay? I was like, you don't understand. I just, (laughs) I'm having a moment. (laughs) It was hot and amazing. Incredible. Tessa Bailey writes incredible sex scenes, I have to say, but she putting her on my list. She talked herself with this book. So it happened one summer. So, you know, they they fall in love. You know, it's like the socialite and this gruff fisherman. And it's trying to decide by the end of the book, like, is Piper going to go back to L.A.? Because her stepfather wanted her for the, there for like three months to prove herself. And then she and her sister could go back after, you know, she was bailed out of jail to try to fix her like her life. Or she's going to stay at Westport with Brendan. Can Brendan, you know, shift out of his day to day routine and be that? And so, I mean, that stayed grizzly fisherman. Can he fall in love with this woman that's like a whirling dervish of delight who knows spoiler alert it does happen they fall in love it's beautiful so anyway it happened one summer by tessa bailey read it it's good well nissan okay i have read a few romance novels contrary to my normal sort of oh my god i'm so proud of you my friend so so i know so i will give you a choice now i can do an old west interracial question mark uh God. <laughs> An interracial romp uh, written by the godmother of black historical romances, Beverly Jenkins. Or we could mm. talk about Helen Huang or Huang's uh, new novel, The Heart Principle. Oh, this is tough because Beverly Jenkins is an OG, but I like I'm trying to decide if I want to read The Heart Principle. So, all right, that's the one I pick. You do that one. Okay. Well, The Heart Principle, and I'm going to apparently, like, there's been a lot of sort of and the Goodreads and the Romance Landia and all these, you know, there's like yeah. controversy about whether people like this. Cause I, the, my disclaimer is that it's, I think it's an HEA, but it's a little heavy. It's not like mm. a rom com, right? Mm. But, um, one thing about Helen, is it Huang or Huang? I think it's Huang because it's H O N, right? H O A N G. Yeah. It's Huang. Yeah. So yeah. Helen Huang is like, she, I really like her writing. So she is, um, of Vietnamese descent. She later in life found out that she was like on the autism spectrum. Um, mm. And this is just kind of a background because it's really interesting. Basically, like she found a, a, apparently a lot of women like are underdiagnosed for like being on the spectrum because they do this oh, thing really? called mask. Yes. I like read all interesting. About yeah. Masking, huh. which mm. is basically like reading the way people respond to certain behavior and then conforming your behavior to make sure that like everybody's comfortable with it. Right. Hmm. And so even if a woman is like on the spectrum, it doesn't necessarily manifest in the same way because girls and women tend to be better about masking. So it's like not detected. Hmm. And so this is like basically what happened to her. 
I'm telling you all of this because a lot of this is like reads into this like this is like a deeply personal novel. And so mm. a lot of this appears in the novel. So basically, Helen Huang usually writes about people like she, I think she's had three. This is her third novel, right? Or at least her third. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. This and, is the third in the trilogy. Yeah. yeah in the yeah. trilogy. And each one focuses on like a protagonist that is on the spectrum, which like. It's not just like a gimmick. Like I actually feel like, she could, especially given her experiences, it's like very true to life. And it like, mm. and she gives like her character such an interiority and a sexual drive. And like, it's just like not really a way that I often see adults on the spectrum being portrayed. So I just kind of think mm. it's like it's like an interesting sort of like diverse, if you call it, want to call it, uh, like canon, right? So I think yeah. she's like a marker of like how much more inclusive. Uh, romance is becoming right. It's mm. not just sort of like the Jackie Collins busty blonde, you know, of the eighty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, anyway, so this story is about a woman named Annie Sun who is a uh, like a concert violinist, and she's like basically had this big like YouTube like sensation. Something happened where she went viral, and so she mm. like became like really big, right? She's getting all these professional opportunities, but like sort yeah. of inconveniently at the same time, she's experiencing this like sort of created block like a burnout where she like mm. can't can't make mm. it through a piece so every time she makes a mistake mm. she goes back to the beginning and then she gets caught in this loop and then she's like going crazy mm. but anyway so she's stuck she's going to therapy trying to figure out how can i get out of this creative rut slash i'm feeling depressed um she is in a relationship with a guy who's like this perfect like you know her family's chinese american his family's chinese american it all like feels perfect and like everybody loves yeah. her, him right um yeah but all of a sudden he's like, oh, before we get engaged, I want an open relationship because I want to experience other people. So ew, that's oh not God. great. Mm. And so she's just kind of in this like very low point in her life. Meanwhile, there's this guy named Quan who is like this hot muscle tattoo guy with a shaved head. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I, I looked up like Vietnamese, hot Vietnamese dudes with shaved heads. So I could like picture it like on Google because I wanted an image. And then I started following Helen Huang and I was like, oh, thank goodness because she had fan art. And I was like, okay, good. Oh, that's, oh no, <laughs> yeah. I need to see it. Okay. Yeah, because I really All was like, right. oh, I want to see a version of this character. He sounds so hot. Uh, drives a motorcycle, but is like, has a heart of gold. And we, we know him from the other two books. So we know that he's like mm. this really sweet guy who cares about his yeah. family. He's experienced yeah. like, this health issue where it's like made like he hasn't dated for like two years and like he's getting back on the horse. And so even though he should be like your hot, virile, like sexy guy, he's feeling deeply insecure about sort of mm. his like sexual prowess and a bunch of other things. So he decides, mm. OK, to get back on the horse, I'm going to just do a dating app. Meanwhile, Anne decides like, hey, like if my boyfriend's going to sleep with other people, I am going to, too. And I'll just like yeah, have a meaningless an open relationship. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a meaningless hookup on a uh, dating app. Guess what? No meaningless hookup. These people cannot have a hookup because they like keep connecting emotionally with each other. Oh, you know? wow. It's, yeah. And so uh, they keep like, OK, we're going to hook up now. But except for they like get caught up doing a date and she feels like she can't. She she has a lot of sex like hangups, right? And so mm. she can't necessarily make it work. And he's very patient with it. So they end up just like being friendly. And so as they're falling in love with each other, a big tragedy happens in her family. Um, and she basically ends up having to be like a caretaker caregiver for a sick mm. relative. And mm. so that's like brings down like the relationship. And so this is why I think a lot of people don't love the book because there's like a lot of sad, heavy stuff. Oh. I know it's sad, but let me make it H-E-A for you. There's a lot of her discovering her sexuality through Juan 
and he's mm. like he's very invested in her pleasure so there's a I lot have of a question for you i apologize i have a question for you is there a nipple play oh you know i love nipple play there i know you love nipple, nipple play, play in a book in fact <laughs> i love nipple play in a book oh you my god <laughs> and there's so much nipple there's way more nipple play in books so than i have nipple- than yes. i have Experience in real life is what I would say. There's way I more. Wish way more. There was as much nipple play in life as there is in books. I just, I just, I understand. Like, it's just not, like, maybe just not seeing the right people. It's possible. It's, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just yeah. possible. There's literally a scene in the book where there's like nipple kind of breast play, and she goes, her character thinks, like, I realized I like breast play. And I was like, you would be a both, girl. You would be Because I feel like like erotic writers, you know, a lot of them are women who like Yeah. This is the this is the sign to all partners out there. Clearly there is demand for nipple play. There is demand <laughs> for breast play. Read the sides. Read the sides. It's it all over the romance novels. That is the official position of hell, yeah. yeah. We want more <laughs> breast and nipple play. We When we want it, now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you, Visa. Yes. So the book You're has welcome. some sad elements, but there is great nipple play. There's pretty good oral sex. And there's just like, I think the sex is pretty good. Good. The romance okay, think, is a little. Do you think Helen Hoang writes? She writes sexy. I think she writes very good sex. It's like a little Not more. As graphic sexy. as Tessa Bailey, but they're good. Yeah, I don't need it. Gra- like, yes, Helen Huang is definitely someone who says like his sex, right? She doesn't say his dick or something like that. More like sort of like illusions as opposed to yeah. like full on like but whatever. She, she gets it. She gets yeah, it. No, she no, she gets you there. She gets you there. <laughs> She does. Yes. She does. <laughs> so yeah, the sex is good. I think it deals with like really meaningful topics. This is like again, like that's my like caveat. Is it's not like a happy rom com. It deals with sad yeah. stuff. I I just I yeah. guess I want to make it clear that because I don't want people to like be like, Nana led me astray. There's some sad part, but there's also lots of depth, great writing, and nipple play. So got it you got the three well, you things can't go wrong honestly you can't go wrong with lots of depth great writing and nipple play it feels like a res- like a real like resounding endorsement i cannot believe you went there you made me expose I myself to, to the world no feel about it i had to and so you guys know i will you know just to calm any sort of queries you have there's also nipple play and it happened one summer yes so it's also present there it's also free the there, nip okay free the nip so, Free the nip. Free the nip. Free the nip. <laughs> and I hope okay. my family no longer listens to this podcast. I really hope my family stopped listening to this because otherwise I'm going to get a call from an aunt or my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and either, or I might get multiple and either way. <laughs> so, but I listen, I warned them a few, I warned them a few episodes. I was like, you guys, you can, you don't need to listen. I promise. <laughs> He won't like it. Won't like I am it. flushed. Oh, Lord, I'm flushed right now. Oh, gosh. Well, so, guys, yeah. that has been our episode, I suppose. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Nana? No, I don't think so. Just a reminder, we'll you know, post our uh, website and, I guess, promote that on Instagram. We're learning this marketing thing, so you know what I mean. Yeah, um, bear with us, guys. Rom Squad. Yeah. Listen, we like want you guys to like sign up on our website follow us on instagram send us emails you have our email address we posted it on like all the notes short like episode description so please reach out let us know do you have suggestions yeah. for an episode 
Do you want to talk more about certain things we've talked about? Do you want to talk about nipple play? We're here. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I hopefully with the website, it's also easier to share the podcast with all your friends. So please do yes, that as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. That has been Starstruck and our recommendations with It Happened One Summer and The Heart Principle. This has been Misan and Nana, and we'll talk to you guys in a few weeks. Yay! Bye! Bye! Bye.